All right, welcome back to another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. I'm joined only by Scott today. We're going to uh, talk a couple different things. We opened it up to all of our listeners to to you know give us some questions or topics to to cover on this episode, and you know we got uh, a, a lot of responses. Scott will say, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just just a few here, but. Either way, we had some other things planned that we wanted to talk about. So the first half of this episode, we're actually going to sit here and answer these few questions we got. And the the first one we have here, Scott, uh, coming from, I believe, Pete in Delaware, was what is the most memorable game you've ever worked? So I'm going to let you start this one off. Well, I can tell you what, Pete. It, uh, it was not when Georgia Southern went up to Delaware in the semifinals of the 2010 playoffs. That was not a memorable game. Um, came out with a loss. I will say, for me, it's got to be London. I mean, I think I think we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, just fun experiences in the job. And, and going to London with the Jaguars, um, playing the Colts, that was a huge experience for me. We got done with um, – we actually flew in the afternoon, Eastern time, landed in the morning – uh, British time, whatever that time zone's called. Landed in the morning, got straight off the the plane onto a bus, and went to a rugby stadium where we had practice equipment that was already there. Um, we, they kind of have some stuff they leave over there. We set up practice equipment, laid jerseys out. Um, didn't even use the locker room, just laid jerseys out on the sideline there. And guys were went to the hotel and changed into their walk through clothes, showed up, put their jerseys on. And we did a walkthrough. Um, so that was interesting. Sleeping overnight on a plane, immediately going to work when you land. Um, but then that afternoon, the hotel was kind enough to do our laundry. So we got to explore London a little bit. So drank at a pub right there at the base of Big Ben, rode the tube, all that good stuff, um, and walked around and, and got to see what London nightlife had to offer. So that was a really fun trip. Uh, spent a few days in London. Outside of that, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to beat it playing an NFL game in, in another country, but I'd say outside of that, it would have to be um, the Florida game for Georgia Southern, 2013, beating Florida. That was just a big experience, and it was it was um, the end of our days as an FCS program. It was our last game, really um, being as considered an FCS team, and we ended it beating a Power Five opponent. Um, Florida was not that great that year; they were pretty down. But it was still a, a cool experience to walk away from what was a tough season where we weren't allowed to make the playoffs because of the transition rules. And we we had just a kind of lackluster year before that. And it ended up being Coach Munkin's last game with us. And, and he was very special for, for Georgia Southern and for me um, for a lot of reasons. But getting the exclamation point on a, on a long year like that was, was pretty cool. So I'd say college, Georgia Southern versus Florida, and then NFL, definitely the London game. Those are pretty tough to top right there. I mean, you've got some good ones, though. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, you know, one of my top, if not the top, is going to have to be going into Michigan. Uh, you know, we kind of had known about some upsets of, you know, FCS beating FBS schools, D1AA schools beating FBS schools. And it really hadn't become such a big thing until – uh, App State went in there. I mean, th- I think obviously what helped it a lot, Michigan was a top five ranked team in the country. And I mean, the quarterback that was playing for Michigan helped uh, win a playoff game for for Kansas City and help get them, you know, into the 
the AFC championship game. So, uh, I mean, he was a stud. They had, I mean, that team was loaded up. It's just, they weren't ready to, for a spread offense and a team with that much speed. So, you know, being there, being in the big house was, was pretty incredible, but you know, I would say next to that would have to be that same year going to the national championship and winning that, uh, you know, the, the year I don't think would have been complete if we didn't finish on top. And I mean, another cool thing about that was going, sorry, Pete, we played Delaware and played against a, a future Super Bowl winning quarterback in Joe Flacco and absolutely beat down on Delaware. I mean, that, that app team was, uh, I mean, I know people are saying that the, their teams, you know, the past couple of years might be the best teams they've ever had. I would put that app team up against any app team ever. I mean, that those guys, that was just one of the best groups of guys I've ever been around. So uh, it was it, pretty awesome. But I would say one that always kind of lingers with me is the last game I ever worked. And that was when we went up to Eastern Washington with like half of a football team when I was at Richmond and got shut out. Like we had like our, our third string quarterback who we burned his his red shirt uh, because Kyle got hurt on like the last game of the year, like last regular season game. And this guy comes in. I mean, because we didn't need another quarterback, so we, you know, yeah. I mean, Kyle is—he's still in the NFL. He's on the Browns roster right now, but you know, guy burns his red shirt to go into the playoffs. We come back and against North Dakota and beat them, and then we go out to Eastern Washington. And so, I mean, yeah, it was—it was cool, it, but it's something I'll always remember because, like I said, that was the last game I ever worked. So uh, it stays with me. But easily, I would say that national championship. I mean, how many times? How many people can say that they? They got to experience a national championship game from the sideline. There's not a lot of equipment managers, especially with the playoff system, because it seems to be only two or three teams that that make it every year. So, well, especially at the FCS level recently, because if you're not North Dakota State's equipment guy, you know the, your chances of making it are are not as high. But I mean, that's one thing that you know sits there for me is is losing three. Uh, semifinals in a row as a student at Georgia Southern and two of them being in North Dakota. So yeah, I mean, that's tough. You want to get there. It's, it's a, it's a big thing, but I think your Michigan deal is obviously huge, but it's, it's so big because it was such an upset and it's such a memory and, and there's big wins obviously that, that didn't make our list. I mean, app, you know, had some big wins against Georgia Southern while you were there. Those were, top ranked games and and same for me um, i think even like the the georgia southern delaware or not delaware but georgia southern odu game when we came back we we're down like 28 points at half like that was such a cool game and again something i'll never forget but it's just it's tough to compare against you know beating yeah. being an fcs school beating an fbs school it's just i mean that's a really tough one yeah i mean even still like there was there was hard ones that i thought of that you know i was tempted to say my one brawl of the wild montana versus montana state um i mean it was i think it was like the 117th meeting my year that i was there really historic game close that came down to they had the ball and we're trying to drive and and we broke up some passes. I think we ended up intercepting one or something on the last drive but i mean it was it was close and that game was I mean, I know it's not well known, so it's never going to get this title. But I would love to see um, some some big sports writers go and and visit Montana and Montana State for for one of their games and see what that rivalry is and compare it to some of the bigger ones. Because I mean, that that hate is real in that state. So that was a really cool experience, and I'm glad I say I got to do it. But uh, 
it's just a little different than being, like you said, a one double A school, FCS school, and going and beating, you know, a Florida, and and then obviously just playing a football game on foreign soil is is wild, and that was just cool, and and being a soccer, you got nerd, to play in Wimley too, like was, yeah, it's like a mecca for for soccer. I mean, I'm a nerd, and and with soccer, and it's it's actually my favorite sport. Um, so being in Wembley was just huge for me anyway. And, and you're walking and you see the, you know, this is England and on the walls and they they've got a lot of uh, pictures, framed pictures from historic moments at Wembley. And, you know, you're in that, that dressing room where a lot of, of stuff has happened. So it's, it's, it's a special thing. It's hard to top, but we've both had some pretty, pretty memorable games throughout our career. Yeah. I'd say we've been lucky. We've been blessed to be part of some, some pretty cool teams. So some, some great moments. Um, but our, our next question comes from, from Douglas Schubert guy that, uh, we just talked about last week. Actually, he was a student manager for me and me and Ryro up at Nevada. Um, but he asks who our, uh, favorite student athlete was to, to work with. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I have an answer. Um, That's tough. yeah, I mean, it's such a toss up. There are so many great guys and so many different schools that I've, I've worked at. And Scott, you've been around a lot of different, uh, I mean, I mean, you've worked in the NFL, you've been into a bunch of different schools as well. I don't know if I could place a favorite right now. Um, I mean, I could name a few. I mean, for me, it's when I was thinking of this, it was, it was funny enough that I was thinking about this question yesterday and I actually got um, a former Georgia Southern athlete that, that I've got, uh, kind of a funny story with, but Matt Dobson, shout out to Matt Dobson. We called him crop top Dob because he was, he was in the days before Ezekiel Elliott bandit, uh, got it banned, but he used to wear the crop top came in as a quarterback at Georgia Southern. Um, and was, was pretty highly recruited if I remember correctly, but came in him and I used to joke around cause I worked with quarterbacks and he was the freshman, you know, buried on the depth chart. And so we would joke around a good bit at practice, and and we jokingly were uh, – I don't remember how the joke started, but somehow or another we ended up uh, – I gave him like a best friend bracelet, and the kid wore it like all year just as a joke um, back in – this would have been 2012, I think, Pat. I think you were there with him his freshman year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's when it was. So so it was funny enough. He moved uh, – we had a little joke there, but he moved, ended up moving to safety – I think his sophomore year. I don't think we moved him in his freshman year. I think he stayed quarterback. And then we he moved, didn't move until after I You left. know what it was? 2012, we started using him in the playoffs on kickoffs, oddly enough. And he was busting heads as a freshman quarterback. That's and right. he was knocking people out. And he'd come over to the sideline and he'd be like, I knocked him out and told him he got hit by a quarterback. And so <laughs> that was that was a big joke. So we moved him to safety his sophomore year. And his most memorable plays um, came that that 2013 and then 2014 season, the next to last play at Florida, he broke up a, what would have been a touchdown in the end zone, just came over the top out of nowhere, and there was wide open receiver and broke it up at the last second. That did the same thing in 2014 in the last game of the year. We weren't eligible for a bowl game as our second transition year, but we ended up going 8-0 and winning the Sun Belt our first year up because he laid a dude out. Um, again, second last play of the game. Uh, at the goal line who would have caught a pass um, he laid him out and kn- knocked the ball out to to save the game so memorable moments there with Matt Dobson but it's just funny because he he actually um, sent me a Twitter message yesterday saying that uh, Stetson signed his quarterback he's a high school coach now he's a high school coach so, yeah. so signed his signed his quarterback so when that kid gets down here 
old Dobby's going to try to come to a game. So that was cool. But guys like uh, that, that same team, Kevin Ellison, uh, Fabian Upshaw, great, great guys. Um, Even Jarek, though, dude. Like, Jarek was Jarek, hilarious. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon, still in the league now with the 49ers still, played with the, the Vikings for a little while. We've told stories about him on here. Great dude. Um, that Georgia Southern list is long, man. There's there's some really good guys that were there. JJ. JJ Wilcox. I mean, Darius Eubanks. Dion DeBose. There was there, there was a lot of equipment room regulars. I mean, Youngway Koo was always fun to talk to. And um, uh, Luke Cherry. <laughs> Luke Cherry standing at uh, North Dakota State getting heckled the whole time. And then one kid looks at the program and says the Jaguars suck, and he turns around being from Jacksonville and goes, hey! That was, that was what got him upset. It's Luke, it's fine. I work there. We do suck. Um, was that Banta, the long Jake snapper? Banna, Jake yeah. Banta, long snapper, great guy. I mean, the list was so long, but then even the Harry O'Kellys, he's a JMU, Australian punter, only kid that I've ever ordered another country's flag for the back of his helmet put it right beneath the uh, American flag sticker. And we used to go back and forth because he'd like to take it off and put it above the American flag sticker. So he's a good one. Kyle Davis, his long snapper, two of the good ones um, at JMU. I mean, there's countless kids at Montana state too. I'd have to like make a list per school. I don't think, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, that's, that's the point. I mean, Blake Bortles, if you talk about the NFL, I mean, there's not many better than Blake Bortles as far as treating the equipment staff and just being all around funny dude. But like, the, the list could go on forever. I mean, that's that's the point is we're in this, and the, one of the reasons we stay in this is because the kids are, are such a joy to be around. You've got your problems. Everyone knows that there's guys who will come in, and, and they'll just say towel or <laughs> they'll be disrespectful. Well, the funny thing is, like, he was one of my favorite kids on the team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he came in, and, like, even Justin talked about it on his episode, and he was like, yeah, a great kid. He knew better than to come in there and act like that. But it, it's not like he was doing it and like anything. I, I, he was probably tired after practice, whatever it was. But like, yeah. it's those types of memories. Like if he was a slap, I would have probably gone off on him about it. But I was just giving him a hard time because I liked him. It was Tyler. Like he was a good kid. So, but yeah, yeah like the guys that are disrespectful in general, you know, that that are, hey, you, you broke this or you lost my shirt and like those guys and you lost my loop. And I'm like, well, did you turn your loop in? Because I bet if I go out to your locker right now, there's going to be some it's smelly. Yeah. There's some smelly clothes in that disgusting pit that you call a locker. <laughs> but, well, that's the good thing too, about this is we all know that there's problem guys and women on different teams. But the point of, that I'm trying to make is that that list I can make for you, but it's a lot shorter than the list that I can make for you of awesome people student athletes and, and just players um, at the NFL level that I got to work with, you know, yeah. I won't name names. There's, there's two or three guys that were on the Jaguars roster that I do not care if they ever win another football game in their career. You know I mean? There, it just is what it is, but that's two or three out of, you know, probably 110 when you count practice squad guys that get rotated and, and camp roster that I dealt with. I mean, the, the, the amount of people that are in this, in this industry and, and on teams, the good ones greatly outnumber the bad ones. Without a doubt. I, and again, like I said, I'd have to go through and make a list, you know, by, school. by the school that I worked at and almost by I mean, the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly, I mean, I really would. And for, for the, for the benefit of Doug, I'll go ahead and name some of my favorite guys from that Nevada roster. Um, 
but Brandon Wimberley would be one of them. Uh, he was a receiver. I mean, just genuinely a good dude. He was one of those guys who would come by the equipment room just to just to say, hey, you know what I mean? Like, just wanted to to be around. Genuinely one of the nicest kids. And, I mean, God, Lamford Mark, uh, Shane Anderson, Joel Batonio. Uh, I know I'm missing guys. Zach Sudfeld. Um, it, it, the list goes on. Again, with that team, it was more – there were more guys that – you liked than you disliked you know there were i don't think there were any guys on that team where i was just like oh man he's just a slap like i can't stand him if there was it would be like one or two dudes where i just was like you're annoying go away you know what i mean yeah so and then i mean to the point where the guys that had graduated i mean like cap and vernon davis or not vernon davis but i can't remember his name to save my life right now but tight end played for the broncos hell of a tight end I'm blanking, but like they had just graduated, gotten drafted. They would come back, you know, during that time because there was like the the lockout and all that stuff. That was like during the whole CBA thing. And they'd just come to the equipment room just to hang out with us, just to say, hey. So, you know, we had uh, a lot of a lot of fun with those guys. And I loved that team. I mean, it was that was a tough decision to leave Nevada just because of the the student athletes, you know, had a great, great relationship with the coaching staff. And obviously we talked about it. We, uh, we had an amazing, amazing student, student manager staff. So good question, yeah. Dougie. Those, that is a good question. And it was fun for me to just think back on how many great student athletes I've worked with. And, and it makes me think too, like the Montana state situation. I've always said like, if the money was right and it wasn't so crazy expensive to live in Bozeman, I would have stayed there a lot longer than I did. But um, being from the East Coast, it was just so hard. I didn't own any cold gear moving out there. Um, foolishly moved out there in the summer without any cold gear and just assumed everything would be fine. So that was, <laughs> that was a struggle being a Georgia boy well done. Um, in Montana. But that, that, that's the thing. And not just football, but all the athletes. I mean, we had an amazing intern out there, Courtney Stromey. She I talked to her the other day, actually. Um, She's uh she was a track athlete, but that's it's it's all sports and that makes it hard to leave a place. Other than the cost of living out there, the people were amazing, and we had such a good relationship with so many different uh, student athletes on different sports that that list is forever long. So if if you're hearing this and I, I left the name out, I know somebody's going to text me or shoot me a, a tweet or something and just like come on man. But, yeah, of course. I mean, there was there so, are too many guys we had to leave some out. I mean, a hundred percent. All right, so our, our our last one, this one actually came from the EQ Cartel Twitter, who I don't think anybody knows who runs that. Um, the Illuminati, the EQ Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know who runs it because when that the whole article came out, like, <laughs> yeah, when that when that whole article came out and that that idiot at Sports Illustrated decided to to call us a cartel, the the creativity to start that Twitter handle I think was. I bought- yeah, I've got one of the hoodies. I went and got one of the like t-shirt hoodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was clutch. It's so yeah, that was great. Whatever. No, it was just yeah. Screw you, dude. Um, but they asked. So I think it was what was the the best piece of gear you've ever gotten or given out? And for me, this is a tremendously easy one. And this just revolves around Nike specifically for me. But Nike's three pocket short. So like the coach's short. The old school, I say old school, we're not going as far back like the cotton or like polyester short. We're talking like the nicer 
short that they have stopped making. They probably stopped making it, I think, in like 2016, 2015, yeah. 2016. Uh, but it was their most comfortable short. I just I loved the material of it. Having the third pocket, I rarely used it for the most part, but having mm-hmm. that, it's just it was something that I've always had coaches, coaching staffs love it. I mean, we talked about Bob Trot. He was with me at Richmond. He was with you at JMU. Like Bob Trot loved him some three pocket. Shorts. He didn't want to wear anything <laughs> but three pocket shorts, and like he would get bitter if you didn't have them on your order because that's what he wanted to wear. That's what he liked to wear, and that's again, that's a great thing because. In, in my opinion, I mean, it was like a stock item. It wasn't anything special. Like it, it just, it was a comfortable short. It had great, you know, good length. It was like right to the knee. So yeah, wasn't too long. Wasn't too short. It was just, in my opinion, the best, the best article of clothing that Nike ever made. Yeah. I mean, I think my favorite would have to be the other Bob Trot favorite, which was the Air Monarch. Um, just <laughs> Bob Trot loves in some Air Monarchs. And he doesn't uh, he doesn't like footy socks. They better be like mids or crew cut. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll let you know if you do anything wrong. Just any equipment manager that may one day work with Bob Trot. I think he's retired, but he retired, yeah. Love Bob. But so for me it's tough. Like I'm a big um comfort guy. I like to wear my my Nike golf shorts to work and you know, I'll wear um anything soft for a shirt. But the two things that I singled out that I'm just obsessed with at the moment is um, Nike's, they called it, that when it first came out, when I first experienced it anyway, it was called the player shirt, and it's that dry fit touch. Like Now, now it's the player shirt, sorry. Um, but it was the dry fit touch, soft t-shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, doesn't matter. The first one that I got was with the Jags in the 2016 season, had the perforated holes on the back, real breathable. Any of those shirts, I'm good with. The UV shirts, I'm not as much of a fan. Uh, it's a little heavier than the player shirt. Pat's wearing some perforated shirt right now, Mr. Nike man. But no, we that one, the this year's is pretty good, but the UV stuff I think is just a little heavier, so the player shirts I love. But then the short sleeve hooded tees. I'm not Pat loves the long sleeves. You will always I'm a long sleeve guy, yeah. Ever see Pat, he's got long sleeves on. If you see his arms, it's weird. They're not <laughs> weird arms. You're just weirded out the fact that you can see his arms. But for me, like right now, I'm wearing a Henley, so like the three quarter. I hate having fabric on my forearms. I don't know why, it's just a comfort thing. So the short sleeve hooded tees for me are, are nice and makes me, you know, get all swaggy. I never wear the hood. I don't know why I like the hood, but there's there's one other item that if I'm going to be wearing short sleeves, it's because, the, you know, there's a 112 percent chance that I'm wearing this, uh, but a hot jacket. Yeah, I, I mean, hot jackets, I think, are some of the best pieces, I mean, ever. And again, that, it's also something that every single coaching staff you work for, there's always somebody on the staff that will only wear hot jackets. And I had it was well, you you know, this coach well, too, Fontel. Fontel was yeah. a hot jacket guy. Like he would wear hot jackets on the sideline of games too. Like he didn't care what your polo and all that stuff was because he didn't wear it. He wore a hot jacket. Like that was his thing. That was his go-to. And he wore long sleeves too. He would wear a long sleeve shirt under his hot jacket. He did. Fontel would wear so much clothes. I mean, he would wear a hoodie some days underneath a hot jacket and like sweatpants. I'm like Fontel. I know we're in Virginia, but it is August, man. Like it, it gets hot here. It's sweat. Um, I, hot jackets are huge for me too. Um, I like that. The newest thing for me, 
I got one, um, it's been about a year now, but it's still the only one I have, but I'm obsessed with it. I know it makes me look like a D-bag probably, but the Nike like sleeveless training vest, I'll wear that. It's got a hood on it and like a front pocket, but it's just a sleeveless vest. So it's got like a hot jacket, heavier hot jacket material, like the old hot jackets, not the new ones that are just super thin. Mm-hmm. It's that old BP top material basically. And I'll wear like a short sleeve shirt under that. So I like that, but I, I do look like I'm trying to get ready for the combine in it. Yeah, I'd like the so they have the long sleeve version of that as well. And I have a couple of those too. But yeah, I just I mean, if I had to choose two items to wear from from Nike forever, it would be the three pocket short and a, and a hot jacket. Yeah, and I just I didn't I we got some nice stuff my year at Montana State. I just didn't have as much Under Armour stuff that I could really think of that compared to that Nike stuff. And then I was at I was Adidas at Georgia Southern for a few years, but I don't know if it was just because I was a student manager there and or if it's just been some time and Adidas has gotten better. But I like the Adidas stuff. Adidas it made just, some great sweats. Yeah, and it, like I liked everything. But like I said, I don't know that I really experienced the top end of Adidas that year. And it's been so long. And I've been with Nike for the last five years mm-hmm. that that stuff's all just more fresh. Yeah, no, I mean, Under Armour, they make, I mean... They kind of started the whole performance apparel mm-hmm. thing, and we're gonna actually going to delve into some Under, Under Armour stuff here after the break. But I think everybody has kind of the, the things that they're best at. Obviously, Nike is their shoes. I mean, Nike, in my opinion, makes the best shoes in, in the world in terms of like for comfort and, and athletics. Yeah. Adidas, mm-hmm. I think Adidas is head and shoulders above Nike and Under Armour with their sweats game. I just I think their sweats are fantastic. I'm wearing Adidas sweats. I'm actually mixing brands right now because I'm at home (laughs) and nobody else can see me. But I'm wearing Adidas sweats and and a Nike shirt. But yeah, I think Adidas is doing a lot on the on the swaggy side of of athletics. I think if you're like the travel suits that they've done, some of those shoes, those like NMD shoes Mm -hmm. and stuff. Those, those look really nice. I mean, really top to bottom because you want to make those your travel shoe and then use the Adidas travel suits. I mean, you're looking pretty swaggy. Um, there's some good stuff there. But, yeah, I think comfort level Nike shoes are, have always – and to each their own, right? Like anyone who works with track especially knows this. But everyone's foot is different. But for my feet, Nike is definitely the most comfortable. I got shin splints with Adidas, but I know people who say, no, like Nike shoes get me shin splints. So – under Armour, I didn't really care for their shoes, but I did have a lot of their cold weather stuff. And like we would order at Montana State, we would order a lot of their like hunting line that wasn't in ridiculous colors. It was just a neutral color. And we would give that for like sideline stuff for coaches when um, we played cold games because shocker, we played outdoor games in Montana. Yeah. Um, and that stuff was phenomenal. I've got a pair of uh, snow boots actually that are Under Armour that are great. And a pair of hiking shoes that are really nice that are Under Armour. So, those those are some some love to Under Armour. I, I covered all my all my brands. No one can be. Yeah, you gotta gotta cover your bases just in case you end up at any other school down the line yeah. that uh, you're rocking a different brand. It. But let's um let's jump to a quick break. When we come back, uh, we kind of hinted at it already, but we're gonna talk some some Under Armour stuff that came into the news recently, and uh, I think some some other big news in the video game world that uh, I'm actually pretty excited about. So we'll be right back. All 
right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to touch on some news that dropped today a little bit. Um, so Under Armour, I'm going to read the exact. They are going to axe their NFL licensing deal. So what it sounds like is the on-field licensing contract for the NFL is structured. So Nike is obviously the, the NFL's apparel provider. Adidas and Under Armour, probably Cutter, I would imagine. Anyone that's not... Um, got a new balance deal anyone that's not nike has to have a licensing agreement with the nfl so that they can have on-field athletes so when you're in the nfl and you work in equipment you know it's it's similar to basketball or soccer even i would imagine but you've got nike athletes you've got adidas athletes under armor athletes and they're sending them stuff where the nfl we would order Nike shoes, um, Nike gloves, just to have like any college equipment room would. But then you'd also have guys that would get sent stuff by Nike that was the same or you know maybe different if they asked for it, whatever, um, to their preferences. And they would go on, we'd mark it that this was for them. It would come in a package addressed to them. And it would go on your shoe aisle um, in a different section uh, for contract guys. So this is the same with Under Armour, but with this deal being scratched, what it sounds like is guys that are Nike, or excuse me, Under Armour athletes are not going to be allowed to wear Under Armour apparel on the field. If this licensing deal is is pulled, they're not the NFL is not going to allow Under Armour on the field. So you could be an Under Armour athlete like Tom Brady and have Under Armour cleats, um, you know, gloves because at times he likes to rock the old uh, the old glove for the warmth and rain. I mean, and even stuff. like his long sleeves and yeah, you know, all of that. I mean, that. just there's there's a ton of stuff that that these guys wear. I mean, if you're a receiver and you're, I think Julio Jones wears Under Armour, he's, you know, in the, the nitro lows or, or the spotlights and he's got the, the, the Under Armour gloves. You're not going to be allowed to wear that. Um, if, if this is, you know, accurate and, and we're reading this correctly, but that's what it sounds like. So what are the ramifications there? It seems like Under Armour's really pulling out. They canceled with UCLA. They pulled out of their contract with Cal, obviously, um, Stuff's gone down with Cincinnati as well with their contract. So it seems like Under Armour's kind of pulling back a little bit on some of their sponsorship deals and their on-field apparel. And now what's going to happen with this NFL? Are they going to lose all their brand athletes now? Are they going to lose the Tom Brady's? Because if you can't wear it on the field, maybe if you're getting paid enough by Under Armour, if they keep paying you, I mean, Tom Brady's got sleepwear and everything else through these guys. and yeah, like He's got Rock- that whole brand like TB12. Yeah, and The Rock's got his brand, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. and he's not an NFL player, but maybe that's where these athletes say, "Well, they pay The Rock a good bit of money; they're still going to pay me. I'll wear Nike stuff that the equipment staff gives me. I don't really care what I wear on the field; just show me the checks." But is Under Armour going to cancel sponsoring athletes because their product's not going to be seen on TV on Sundays? And I think that's where you got to look. Like maybe Tom Brady, because he's Tom Brady and he's got TB12, maybe something like that stays. But you got to imagine what what's Under Armour going to make off, you know, Steph Curry if they were to cancel with the NBA, for example. Um, what are they going to make off Curry's if Steph Curry's not wearing them at, in, in games on TV? So you got to think they might start dropping athletes and, and where does the company go from there? Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Tom Brady is like their fourth most influential athlete. Period. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand, I don't understand um, where the company's going, but it does seem like they're going to focus on their performance gear, kind of what they started as, where they weren't necessarily a, a apparel provider 
Um, I think Under Armour got in with, or excuse me, Under Armour. I, th- I think Auburn got in with them pretty early. I think South Carolina was there for a while, but like early on, Under Armour was just known as like, I mean, there's still athletes that'll show up to a Nike school wearing Nike compression shirts and say, Hey, can you give me, you know, uh, do y'all have any Under Armour before we go to practice? Like, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of synonymous with compression t-shirts is, is forever. It was called Under Armour. It's just that their brand recognition. I mean, there's a, a compression shirt or compression shorts. People, you know, associate that with or brand association. I think is what it's called. But yeah, they associate the idea of a compression shirt with Under Armour. It's been replaced like a facial tissue. People say, "Give me a Kleenex." Like, yeah, Xerox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's very similar things. So it's just it's going to be interesting to see. I mean. uh, even just looking at the the stock market over the past, I don't know, three days, you've seen actually a pretty big jump in Under Armour's stock price because they were hovering right around. And I say a pretty big jump. I mean, for it being like a $15 stock, they're now almost up to $18. I mean, so they've seen an increase in more confidence in their um, company in the stock market. And you would assume that them, you know, pulling out of all of these deals and kind of just saying like, hey, let's get back to what we're good at. Let's get better at a lot of things and not try and be so far reaching. It's just I can understand getting out of the apparel contracts because I think we've talked about this. As, well, the college apparel contracts, because mm-hmm. I think the massive contracts are a dying, dying breed right now. And again, we've we've covered that. But to pull out of the NFL and potentially lose sponsored athletes, like people buy TV 12 stuff now. I don't think the like the Tom Brady brand is going to go away. And I don't think, I mean, as of right now, if they were going to cut out all of their sports, they would do it right now. Right. So like basketball with Curry and all of that stuff, that's going to stay around. They have like their, I think their biggest golfer is Jordan Spieth. Like Michael yeah. Phelps, Michael Phelps is one of their, their biggest, you know, brand ambassadors. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of guys in, yeah, I mean, there are countless baseball players. Bryce Harper, I mean, there are countless baseball players out there of, that are big names that drive apparel sales, you know, in the in the retail market. So I think they're going to be fine with that. But cutting out the NFL licensing things, just it's a weird move. I just it was surprising to see it. Scott, you actually sent it to me. I didn't see it right away. And I was just kind of kind of dumbfounded. I think all I said was just like, wow, it was just You don't see that happen. You know what I mean? Like for being one of the big three brands out there, you just don't see them not want to see their brand on the field. It's weird to not, you know, to be able to not see the, that UA logo on the field. I think, yeah, I think it's shocking. And I'm, I'm like, maybe when these contracts, I'm under the, the opinion that, that maybe when these contracts expire with these athletes, I think they even drop those. If you're not on the field, you know, I mean, Steph Curry's probably safe. The golfers probably fine, but the the NFL guys, I don't, I don't know why you keep even Tom Brady under contract once that partnership has has reached its term limit. Just because, what are you gaining from? Like, how much are we really watching Tom Brady work out? I mean, at this at that point, he's just a paid model for your your TV and Instagram ads. But if you're not seeing any of the product on the field, like, are you really going to have any high school quarterback say, "Well, I'm going to wear"? Uh, these these Under Armour cleats because that's what 
Tom Brady wears, you know, or any that, wide I mean, like, I mean, another big one was like Cam Newton, like those, the, yeah, true. I can't remember what yeah. the, like the superstar cleats or whatever that he wore, like the, like laced up, like all the way up his ankle. Yeah. They, they're like, called the cams. Yeah. I mean, they, it's a, it, it was, it's their widest base uh, foot plate of a cleat. When I was at Montana state, like we were ordering cams to the point where like, we couldn't get enough cams because if we had anyone that was complaining about how wide the foot base was and, and in the nitro mid, we just ordered them cams because it was a yep. better, it was really good, um, big skill cleat. So I, yeah, I mean, is, is any kid going to go, I, I, do you abandon your football sales eventually? Because is any kid in high school going to wear Under Armour gloves and football cleats if no one's, wearing it on Sundays like if no like I don't know maybe well, I mean it's just like so how like do you roll out how do you roll out new stuff because like the new thing that you would always do is like you roll out your new stuff with your paid athletes yeah and now like unless you're going to rely on the apparel contracts that you have left like yeah you still have some big name schools don't get me wrong like, they still have schools that are getting on national television every single Saturday but is that going to be like your only place to really showcase your football apparel or are you like you said? Are you just kind of kind of wrap it up and I guess change gears to to only focus on your retail space? Yeah, that I mean that's that's where you're gonna start comparing the Under Armour brand to like at least in the sports world, New Balance and and not even that. Just I'm thinking gloves, but Cutter Cutter just used to be such a thing, and you just don't see them as much anymore in the football in the football realm with with wide receiver gloves because. Most guys are contracted. Most of the big guys are contracted, and they wear other uh, other brands like Nike, Adidas, or, or Under Armour till till now. It seems so. I don't know what the lasting effect is going to be. It'll be weird to see if they do completely cut back on all their colleges. If the Auburns and South Carolinas of the world are not in Under Armour, that's going to be it's going to be weird because they've been it so long. But I mean, people change apparel brands all the time. It'll be interesting to see where Under Armour goes. We could stop talking about the big three. In college athletics, start talking about the big two. I mean, who knows? Maybe New Balance makes a big push because they're kind of they've got Maine and and I think a few others, not necessarily football. I think they've got some other schools where they do some stuff for like hockey and stuff because they got Warrior. But I think you might see them make a big push if if there's a, a void there left by Under Armour, but could just become overly saturated with Nike and Adidas. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. New Balance makes amazing shoes. I mean, I think we all had. That that o, the OGs and back in middle school when they would have like yes. the eight oh fours and the six five fives and yep like there were some comfortable there were some comfortable shoes I would say it's like walking on a cloud but isn't it weird how we wore those in like middle school and high school and and we're dating ourselves a little bit and some people that listen are saying you guys are young stop it um, but I was in college and we've got listen we've got, they were wearing Chuck Taylors all right <laughs> yeah and we've got other guys who have no idea what we're talking about but. The it's funny that like the Under Armour or God I'm all over the place today. The New Balance um, shoes of old you would see we would wear are now like dad shoes. They're like mm-hmm. now like now it's dad it's like the Air Monarchs. Hundred percent. It's it's if you're not buying an Air Monarch, you're buying New Balance. My dad rocks yeah. New Balance. I'm sure he does. If if you if you see someone rocking New Balance or Air Monarchs at the grill, eat the food. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be good. good. But so let's so our last topic, Scott. This one created a little bit of buzz this week. Earlier this week, yeah. EA Sports came out said that they're bringing it back. 
They're bringing back NCAA f- football. Uh, not NCAA football. EA Sports College football. Sorry, yeah, they, they I think they have to change. They had to change the name. They, they dropped the name. NCAA from the title, probably for licensing issues. But yeah, as of right I now, EA Sports that. College football. Sorry, don't, not to cut you off. If you want, if you want to go, you can go. No, I'm saying I think I think there's something to do with licensing. I think it's maybe not officially going to be an NCAA thing. So if there's anything with name and likeness, they're separate. But I also had the thought that maybe this means they're just going to rebrand and not call everything NCAA. Maybe they're going to call it ESP or EA Sports, college football, college basketball, college baseball. I'm just hoping it all comes back. I think so. Here's here's my thought process on it. If they don't do NCAA, right? If they don't use that for the the licensing side of it, then the usage of name and likeness becomes an interesting thing. So no matter what, they're going to have to negotiate with the NCAA some sort of agreement that if they're making these teams and making players on the teams like they used to, where it was based off of the roster using, you know, these these players' likeness, are they going to be able to now put the player's name in the game? So and I think how, with like, how does how does that payment happen though? Because we talked about this like off air, the uh, Madden, you know, NFL football, the players like through the CBA, everybody gets a check, and as far as I know, everybody gets the same exact amount. So it's just one check for everybody, like ten grand, I think, is what I saw. Just hey, at the beginning of the year, here are your royalties, whatever for for Madden done yeah. deal. You're out the door. So I looked at this before we recorded. Um, and the article I saw said some like creative director, whatever, somebody at EA sports executive vice president of blah, blah, blah said, um, basically the plan right now is to completely randomize, um, rosters. They're not going to base them on what it is. Like, it's not going to be like before where it was, Quarterback number 15 for the Florida Gator- Gators is... Uh, Gators. Yeah. I mean, Tim I'm telling you, I think I had a stroke before we started the show because I'm all <laughs> over my work. But it was um, Tim Tebow, obviously. Now, what, what it looks like they're going to do is completely randomize appearance, numbers, and names, everything, so that it's, it's um, not... I think they'll probably go through and just double-check so there's no... One in a million. Wow, that's weird. Uh, a guy named Manziel is the quarterback for Texas A&M. Like, whatever the case may be. Um, but it, it looks like they're going to completely randomize it so there is no name and likeness to be discussed. They just have to work with, um, you know, licensing company CLC and stuff and the individual institutions that aren't a member of CLC and, and get approval to use the brands and the uniform stuff because – they're able to do it right now with completely made up teams on Madden. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the route that they're going to go. They're going to say, well, we can obviously negotiate for the school's logos and we can put stadiums in with the permission of the schools. The roster part, they figured out. I mean, the, I mean, more or less, they've gotten around it already with these Maddens. And, and for that matter, they 2K got around it. With, with their stuff, because you could play some of their story modes on 2K the last few years, have you go to college, and there'd be a few colleges that are real, and you could choose from them, and you get in there to college, and it's random players thrown on a team. So they can do that, 
what's going to be interesting to see is with the news um, today, and we haven't really read all about it, but there's some name and likeness stuff still going on within the government where they're trying to pass laws on this um, to, to force the NCAA's hand. If anything like that, that gets passed, you could see this college football thing pivot to maybe it is, like you said, maybe they are paying royalties out of players. If players can unionize and form their own CBA, um, we could see that just because they could have more rights than they've ever had. But I think the good thing for EA Sports is, and why they announced now, is they've got several years to figure this out, build hype around it. And, I mean, they're going to have to make a game from scratch. So they're going to – I mean, none of those NCAA football guys are still there, at least in the same capacity. Those guys moved over to other, you know, Madden or other sports games or whatever it may be or just left EA Sports. So they're going to have – they can't – And that, I mean, you haven't seen anything since since Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. So we're now on – it's now two consoles ago. So they're going to have to rebuild this game from the ground up. So in doing that, it's going to take some time. Um, so they've also got some time for their legal staff there at EA Sports to uh, to figure out this whole rosters issue. But I don't think we've heard the last on how this game's going to look, but it's announced, and that's yeah. important. Yeah, as long as they incorporate some way. So if they do that, then you know you, you take away the probability of having to come up with some sort of collective bargaining agreement. You know what I mean? Or some way to pay these players royalties, which kind of does suck for the player, but to have it back in general would be nice. But is the the main thing that they're going to need to do if they do bring back a college football game and don't, and just use randomized rosters, they're going to have to have some sort of team builder where people can go in because they have it for Madden and people basically build out draft classes for like the current player. So, you know, you can get a couple years down the line and have like two years of draft classes that are yeah. the upcoming players so that you can build a team and you can build like a full on FBS college football game based on everybody's roster. Yeah. And I think, I think people are going to do it. People will, if they allow it, the interesting part will be they had team builder in the past and people would go in and edit the rosters. And back when NCAA was a thing, um, you could download someone's roster and have the actual names of the players and they would, people would tweak their overall skills and, and things like that. I mean, you could, I remember back in, in high school, I'd download a Georgia Southern team and all the, the players would be 99 overalls and we'd just beat the crap out of App State every week and it was perfect. But yeah. the, you got to live in a fantasy land sometime. <laughs> Touche. They, uh, but that, do they allow that to happen now? Because if name and likeness passes and you've got it allowed in your game where you can do that, but you're not paying these players because you can do it in Madden. You can go in in Madden and you can create uh, uh, Tim Tebow and put him on the Denver Broncos and relive the glory days, um, albeit they were short-lived. But it's fine because it's the NFL. Tim Tebow's not an amateur. It was He's been paid, whatever. But now what is the case where you're doing it right now with Trevor Lawrence um, and you can have him, but it's not Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I yeah, saw just, somewhere if, there was a if caveat. If the game not building it, does that mean that they don't have to pay it if somebody else is doing it? Because well, if the game as, as a platform allows it, then you would think that they would have to you know, prepare for something like that. That's what I'm saying. I, I wonder if 
the can of worms because I saw a caveat from from a writer on it was if they allow you to edit the rosters, then they're essentially allowing players to be to have their name and likeness poached yeah. because if you can if you can say not to get racial, but it, it helps the argument. If you can have a black quarterback be number seven for the Florida Gators back in 2008 on, on NCAA, if that's where we're living, um, if you can have that, but you make it completely editable so that you can make him a six foot four, 220 pound white quarterback and change his number to 15 and put Tebow on there. Well, then what was the point in them releasing the game the way it was? You can, you're still making it. So like, yeah, we can't, do name and likeness, but like you can do it. Like, well, it's fine. And then everyone downloads it. So if it becomes so rampant like it was before, and I think it will be more now with everyone just downloads, you know, their favorite creators uh, roster, and you've got NCAA football with name and likeness, I think the players have a legitimate argument about we should be paid for this. Name and likeness has been passed at a congressional level probably by the time this comes out. So yeah, we we deserve we're being ripped off here, and I think they have a legitimate legal case. So that's where I think EA Sports could say we're not going to allow it. Yeah, and and then you have to look at like you said, you kind of open a can of worms here. But so if you're doing college football, right? If you're making a college football game, what is the cutoff? So are you doing just FBS? Are you doing FBS and FCS? Or do you have to go all the way down to NAIA or JUCO? Because are we talking having to have fairness here? Or are we talking about what's going to be the most popular thing? Because if you have every single college football team in the country, no matter what level they play at, as long as it is a college football team, that is going to take 10 years to develop. Yeah. And, th- oh, and then yeah. is, it, is it fair for – and then, I mean, because name and likeness is going to be separate from all this. But if they're making something based on college football using the, the – uh, branding of all of these schools paying for the branding for all these schools and paying these football players what does that mean for women's basketball what does that mean for the the softball or baseball or men's lacrosse like is it okay to pay these football players because it's technically separate from everything because they can go do something as long as they're not associated with the school t- by technicality i think is what it comes down to so if they're yeah. doing this for their own you know, branding and their own name and likeness, then yeah, then they get the money. But if they unionize, do they have to, does title nine come in and, and change any of that? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it will. I don't know if if I'm just speaking out of my ass right now, but. I mean, probably, I don't know. I mean, it seems like everything you're saying makes sense, but it seems like that's been figured out. Cause I mean, title nine was in place when we had NCAA basketball, but we didn't have women's basketball game. And I mean, yeah, but nobody a, was getting paid. That's like the difference, though. Yeah, exactly. But Title Nine, you know what I mean? mean? Like, if they start getting paid now, does that have? Any, I mean, does Title Nine have anything to do with a player getting paid for his his or her name and likeness? If you're going out, if I mean, like, you could be a, an uh, Instagram or TikTok influencer and make money off of that. You can be a, a video game streamer. Like, you can do anything you want now, technically, to make money off of your name and likeness based on this new rule. And as long as it, everything gets passed and is okay through Congress, then monetize yourself. Make as much money off of your name as you can while you can. Yeah. Does that change a, a video game or a singular video game based off of a singular sport? Maybe. I mean, they got two or three years at least to figure this out. But I would say buckle up 
uh, ODA listeners because we will rebrand or start a new podcast and it will become the NCAA football podcast. Um, EA Sports College Football Podcast as that comes out because we're well, we're gonna excited. we're gonna do a a tournament. We're gonna try and get every <laughs> single FBS uh, equipment manager in the country to get on, and we're gonna have a massive world where we play through a season. You have to play as your team, and it's going to be a tremendous competition. And I think that would be fantastic. That'll be great. Yeah, I mean it's it was exciting news. We're definitely excited about it. It's going to take me back to nostalgia. I was actually talking to my wife about it when it came out. It was like so ridiculous how addicted we were in high school because my um, you know, best friend, one of my best friends in high school would come over on the weekends and she thought this was weird. Y'all can tell me if I am, but we would have, you know, we'd stay the night. I'm not going to call it a sleepover. It was like we'd tournaments. Stay, well, yeah, we'd go stay at each other's houses and stuff in high school, me and all my friends, but like we would want to play Call of Duty that was back Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, um, the best Call of Duty ever made. So we would play Call of Duty on my Xbox 360, but he'd bring his PlayStation 3 over, and he'd play NCAA, and we would just like flip-flop between Dynasty mode and like Call of Duty matches. It was insane, but we were, we were addicted to both. And so there will be some high school nostalgia if the game looks and feels anything like the old one. I know some people have even modded like PS3s to be able to play uh, a modded version of NCAA 13 or 14, whatever that last one was. 14. 14. 14. So Denard Robinson. Yeah. Jacksonville Jaguar. Denard Robinson. But uh, no, I mean that it's just so ridiculous that the, a game like that is such a cult following this many years later. It was pretty exciting news when it came back and I'm just here to throw it out now. EA sports. Um, you're in Orlando, Florida. If you need me, I will quit my job tomorrow and be full-time equipment expert for the new NCAA football game for Madden, just whatever you need. Hey, um, I don't have a job right now. I'm taking that job. <laughs> well, they, they, uh, they, they always get some of the equipment wrong when it first comes out. I remember, like, I think it was two Maddens ago or whatever. They had the Nike Untouchable Pro 3s, and they had the wrong name on them forever. I was like, come on. I'm offering my services. I'll take a six-figure contract and job security and, and benefits. That'd be that'd be great. I'll come I'll come move down there and work for you tomorrow. Who knows what new helmets and everything are going to be out at that point too? Because vices vices with the zero two baby. Yep. Hey, not a bad price point. All things considered, on nothing on tested. That thing tested through the roof. By the way, I don't know if you saw. No, I didn't. I haven't looked all into it yet, and I'm sure. I'm sure my boy Tucker Peach will be bringing one by before too long. Um, he's out doing the the um, trot. I think they're they're fitting some kids or some UR ones around the country, but they're showing that bad boy off now that he's got one. So, oh yeah, sure. I'm sure Tucker will be by. But shout out to Tucker Petrie. He's actually the one that got us those helmets, um, our ODAA helmets that you can find on our Instagram, and we posted a Twitter of them. But um, we've talked about them on here. But Tucker Petrie, he'll be by. Um, and show me that new Vices helmet. Maybe I'll have more info for you guys on it. But the uh, the Zero Two, it's going to be out there. Who knows what other helmet brands might come out? I mean, in the last since we had the last NCAA football game, I think you saw it was probably around the same time the rise and fall of the Rawlings helmet. 
Zenith has come out since that game was out or, or was early or on. Maybe like a, they were just a, a very young company at that point. They weren't like, on the game, but they're on Madden. We'll put it at that point. So like yeah. they've come far enough that they could be on a video game. I mean, you had the rise and fall of what I think it was the light helmet, L-I-G-H-T, and then obviously Vices. So it's an Adams. Game, I think the Speed Flex was on the last NCAA. The Flex was, was just, not. It was just the speed, and it was like brand new. But it was like one of the most popular helmets was the still the old school Revo, and then yeah. like like the like the true like basically what everybody associates shut with, like yeah. that. Yeah, the scut. That's good. It's gonna be fun. We'll be. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to. It. I mean, it's it's two or three years down the line. I'm probably gonna have kids at that point, and I'll I'll still tr- be playing video games because it's 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 college football, man. Like it's like you said, it's the, it's the nostalgia of it. And I mean, EA is brilliant for bringing this back because their, their company value is going to skyrocket over the next few years as more people try and get involved and want to be part of, of this game coming back. So I think it's going to be cool. I'm just glad that, yeah, I'm like you. Um, I'll have kids by the time this comes out and they probably won't be video game age, but I, uh, I cannot wait to, have a day off of work or come home at night and just beat the ever living crap out of my kids in NCAA football running the triple option. Because if they've got classic teams on there, I'm going to go, we're going to go like 2010 Oregon with all that speed. And I'm going to change their offense to the triple option. And you're not going to stop me. You're not going to do it. On that note, folks, I think that's going <laughs> to do it for us. Uh, Scott's talking about beating his children, his unborn children. In, in video games, so I think we've reached our, our peak for for this episode. <laughs> We're officially off the rails. <laughs> but hey, but, guys, seriously, we enjoyed talking about the first half of this episode. Your questions, feel free to send more our way, and we can we can answer them uh, when we can get to them. But I want to hear some of your guys' stuff. We're calling you out, uh, Pete, um, Doug, unnamed DQ cartel, cartel, yeah, weirdo. Just I mean. I don't even know if the cartel will answer the question just because it might give away who they are. <laughs> but the uh, if you've got any uh, fun you know, athletes that you've worked with or games that you want to talk about, feel free to tweet us. Um, let us know if there's any uh, stories you want read on the pod. Let us know that, too, and we'll, we'll relay some of those. Um, but, yeah, man, it was, it was a fun episode for us. Thanks for sending those in. Yeah, a little trip down memory lane for some of these things. You know, just getting to sit back and really think about some of our favorite moments in, in college sports and different, you know, favorites was uh, was definitely a lot of fun for, I know, for me and Scott. So we appreciate the few of you who did respond and the rest of you. Let us know. Talk Do to better. us. Do better. <laughs> you're dead to me. I'm just kidding. No, you're not. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going to do it for me, Scott. Uh, this was a fun one. Kind of a quick one for us, and we'll be back next week. We've got a couple couple of interviews lined up, some fun ones coming up. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we're excited about uh, the future of the pod, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Bear with us. Yeah. I've got, uh, yeah, S- got- Scott's schedule is about to go down the pooper. With Start, uh, Starting this week, I'm about 80 hours a week. So y'all, y'all pray for your boy, and uh, here we go. COVID season. Let's do it. COVID, COVID FCS season, baby. Thumbs up. Let's do this. But guys, again, thank you. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.